Good, whatever time of the day it is, you happen to be listening. This is the PA Podcast Express coming to you from Deckerville at the old STD. Adam and Phil here with you. Hi. We are running solo? I guess just us. Yeah. The original, the original OG, OG it type isn't style. Really solo, I guess, but. No, it's just it's you and me and me. By amped, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Bipedal? Yes. Well, barely. <laughs> Between the two of us. We walk in a circle. Uh, <laughs> we're here at the STD, as you said, and it is a Monday night. We're going to be watching some Monday night football later, and it is cold outside. There's snow on the ground. What the hell is that? I have no clue. So I'm going to start this episode off with a huge gear grind. Give me your gear grind. So earlier today, Mary's like, hey, we need some uh, we need some burger. So, of course, there's no place in Sandusky that we can really buy burger at. Right. Um, so we went... Uh, we went up to because you're not going to go to Walmart. No, ever. No. no. Don't buy your meats like that at Walmart. And, and there, there if, is. If you're going to buy like like Kogel's hot dogs or Johnsonville brats or something, sure, fine. Buy them at Walmart. And actually, I found buying hams at Walmart isn't a terrible thing either. But if you're right. going to buy like anything like chicken or ground beef or anything, do not buy it at Walmart. Anyway, there's my no. PSA. Go ahead. You are correct. So we went uh, we went out to Snover. You know the little market out there. We right. bought meat there before and it's always been pretty good they've got great brats and things like that their brat burgers are really good too yes so we uh we go to buy burger they wanted 849 a pound for it a pound <coughs> as stacy willis from willis's marketplace would say wait was that a free plug in lovely port sanilac 849 a pound though yeah and i think that was a plug as i cough <laughs> so it, uh, you know, eight forty nine a pound. And Mary's just like, yeah, no, I'm not paying that for it. So we go out to uh, the Mennonite store, out to Country View. Yeah. And uh, the drive across Snover Road was terrible. Now, keep in mind, 46, totally dry, right. not a speck of snow on it. They were running the trucks with their graders down. Yeah, of course. Sparks flying and everything else. And... You know, that that was all fine and good, I guess, except for there was nothing there. And yet, Snover Road was just ice everywhere. I mean, we, we actually were a little bit sideways at one point. We were only doing about 40 miles an hour. Right. Big gust of wind caught us, and it's like, you can't go throw some salt down. You're out there with the graders ruining the road. And I'm sure that doesn't do the grader a whole lot of good to uh, grate that. No, no. It tears up those blades on them. And uh, but you're not going to throw any salt down on, on and snow. It's road? not too cold for salt to be effective. Actually, it's highly effective at these temperatures. Exactly. So mm. made no sense to me. So I fishtailed on the way here on Deckerville Road, as a matter of fact, or actually on 19. Sorry. So the Did north you? south roads are, are blown over and icing, and because uh, I, I left Silent End's house because I went over to visit her this afternoon, just spend some time together, and uh, I'm on my way back, and I'm I'm like, man. Her, her road runs north and south. It's a side road, dirt road. It was yeah. all drifted. There were drifts about a foot, foot and a half deep in some yeah. spots. And then I got on 19, which is also a north-south road. And uh, I was doing about 40, and I put the gas down, and SN broke loose, and I fishtailed at about 45, 50, turned it almost sideways. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it. it I came up North Sandusky Road, and there were some, you know, there's that huge ditch. Oh, yeah. And there were some sketchy stretches, right? Especially right there by the airport. Right. You know, you got that huge ditch on the uh, on the east side, and just you know, mile long stretch of ice, and, well, and I, it's just white knuckled. 
I was shocked because I this morning I spent you know last night at Silent and she's got to get up for her job. She has to be there at four o'clock to take care of that elderly woman she takes care of. And so I got up with her and left. Three thirty this morning. Roads were great. Roads were clear as a bell. But I saw two different cars in a ditch on my way and of my what twelve mile trip. So um, Anthony was home, of course, for uh, Thanksgiving and all that. And he went out to see a friend out in Snover yesterday. And uh, he came back and he goes, there were three cars in the ditch between Snover and our house. Isn't that wild? You know, what is that, maybe 15 miles? Yeah, yeah, if and, that. Uh, and no no dirt roads. He didn't have to take a dirt road. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of like, wow, you know, that that's a lot. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, of course, Cookie was giving us his uh, road reports from the scanner. I know. He's like, stay and, off the roads, boys. And there were people going all over the place, except for on the roads. Cookie says they're driving everywhere but where they should be. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah. I mean, it always happens. We live in Michigan. You, you know, this first one of the year gets everybody because it's like they all of a sudden have their heads stuck up their butts or something, even though they they've do. been driving in it their entire lives. And I'm probably exactly the opposite. I, I am probably way overcautious. I mean... I don't have any reason to be in a hurry anymore is what I've found, so I don't, if that makes any yeah, sense. it does. And I, I, I've i had to pull a car out of the ditch before. Yep. Um, and I, I don't like doing it. No, it's a pain, and usually something ends up breaking when you put it in a ditch, uh-huh. and you got to put money into it, and yeah, it's just... Yeah, and a, I don't want to do that either. Nah, it's not a... My, la- my, not last, my last one was that one that would have been 2017, I believe it was. Yeah. Or was it 18? It would have been 18. Winter of eight, like early 18, like February February of 18, when I put my red car in the ditch and fucked it up pretty bad. You know, I, I've never, I mean, I, I've, I've messed a bumper up putting it in the ditch, but I've never messed one up really bad. So I hit a deep ditch, ditch, and what it did was it caught on the front side and ripped like the CV joint and ball joint and everything off of the, the passenger side of the front. And it like that'll do it. And then it ripped part of the like the rocker panel. It put a, a hole through it because it was plastic and oh yeah, did something else too. But good times, just oh, fucking yeah. shit up. Usually when you do that, if you didn't damage it putting it in, they damage it pulling it out. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because they're, they're gonna do whatever they have to do to get it out. Well, <laughs> when when I had when I had older cars that had an actual bumper. Right. Like, they'd just be like, all right, we're just going to attach a tow hook to that, rip it out of there. And it would do it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, well, there's nothing for us to attach a tow hook to. <laughs> so we're just going to put it around this. And that part's important, but you you can replace it. Can you roll your windows down? We'll just put it through there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll use the A-pillars to pull it out. <laughs> your windshield just goes. <laughs> yeah. Rips it open like with a can opener and a can of sardines. You might want to get a little caulk on that. <laughs> yeah, your windshield's not gonna keep it. Keep it sealed. I, I don't think your windshield's sealed anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's usually when they fuck it up good. They're <laughs> just like, "How much you care about this car? A lot." <laughs> yeah, I like to use it. I, I like to be drivable. It only is good for getting me here to there. <laughs> I, without it, I can't get to my job, and without my job, I can't pay for. Since we're given free plugs, I got to tell you though, if you have to call okay. a tow truck, thumb towing. Thumb towing's the way to go. They they are phenomenal. They they exercise great care, and they also uh, their prices are outstanding. Their their prices are like the lowest of any I've seen around here, and they're very discreet. If you have those kind of issues, oh, they're good like that, huh? Yeah, yeah, real, real heroes. 
really? That's awesome. They've been there before. I, huh? I've witnessed them be needed in that capacity. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm sure most of our listeners do too. Oh, boy. Well, it goes without saying. So big shout out to Thumb uh, Towing. We appreciate you out there. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and they are likely not to mess up your vehicle. Right. So <laughs> no more than you already have. I had to get uh I had to get pulled out one time when I was going to college at SC four. Yeah. Um I was in the parking lot and it had drifted so bad because I had an instructor that did not want to let us out of class early. And he's like, We live in Michigan, you like, We literally it, it was a six PM to ten PM class once a week and he's like, Well, if I let you out, you know, I'm I'm ripping you off. Oh my god! And he's one of those guys. And uh, the the worst part was it was a programming class, and I literally could have. I mean, we're doing? just in there doing work. It's like I can do this anywhere, right? Like I could. <sighs> and uh, so I come out, and there was it was drifted so bad in the parking lot that I, I couldn't get out. I was stuck. Right. And uh, they hadn't plowed it because it's 10 o'clock at night and still snowing like, like a shit, bitch. man. No use plowing it now. We're going to have to just plow to get it <clears throat> 2 o'clock in the morning if we plow it now or 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, and you could tell they had plowed it a couple hours earlier because yeah. it made a little pile behind my car. Yeah. And in the little, I think I was driving my Plymouth Sundance back then. Ooh. I, uh, I could not get over that hump. What and, a machine that is. And then with all of the other snow through there. So I had to call a, a tow truck, and they uh, they actually did. Um, it had a hitch on it, right? Right. Um, I don't know why a Plymouth Sundance had a hitch, but it was just one of the small ones, like the inch, inch tow, and a quarter. Tow your pop up camper. Yeah, and uh, I don't. Know, it might not have done that. <laughs> you could tow a snowmobile on a motorcycle trailer. Yeah, and uh, so instead of like hooking properly to that, they kind of caught the. And the angle they tried to pull me out at, it, it just kind of pulled the bumper off, like oh, the cover. No. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that was that that really pissed me off because it's like, dude, I, I have a hitch back there. How did you screw that up that bad? Right. But it was more the angle because the the way you know it kind of came out the back of the bumper, and they they tried to hook it to one of the safety chain spots, and then they pulled it at an angle, and it just it was cold. The out. cable bound and it wrapped around. Yep. And then kachink and. The bumper just kind of fell off and hung there on the uh, on the cable, and I'm just like, what? The Watching fuck? the whole time, going, what the fuck, assholes. What but the then, fuck? and then they had to tow me like all the way out of the parking lot because the whole parking lot is right full, you know. Oh. And uh, once I got out to the road, I was all right. But then it was like a two hour drive home from Port Huron because the roads and, were so terrible that you took it slow. And like a genius, I uh, I didn't think to like just hit up any of my friends that. Hey, I'm just gonna crash at your place. They lived any closer? Yeah, like, like <laughs> two blocks from the school. You know, like I'm gonna bring a six pack and a pizza, and I'll come crash at your exactly. place. Exactly. Well, sorry, a twelve pack and a pizza, and I'll come crash at your place. Well, I'll bring a six pack, and you drink whatever you have there. <laughs> there you go. That's the style right there. That's or, an- or twelve well, back then, probably a twelve pack. Animal style. So here we are. This is about our last podcast for the month of November. So. uh I was thinking we have to change uh, for December as customary. Instead of gear grinds, we have, you know what, really frost my cookies we do for the month of December. I don't want a frost cookie. <laughs> you know what really frost my cookie? Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Cookie would be like, what? You guys want to? Oh, Well, this is the last night of podcast recording. We still have two more. Yeah, we still, yeah, yeah. This is only the Tuesday edition. Yeah, Thursday will be the 30th. Mm-hmm. 
Where's this month crazy. gone? Yeah. Just crazy. I have something to do on the 30th, and I don't remember what it is. There's something that I have to do, but I don't remember what it is. Shit. Ah, oh, boy. I have times like that all the time. Like, apparently, I must have got drunk at bowling one night this past week and said uh, and said that I would do the morning show with Eddie on Friday, and he had it all set up, and Mama Fury made breakfast and everything, and I just didn't show up because I forgot. Oh. It was supposed to be at his home studios. Whoops. <laughs> and I slept in. Oh, what a dick. I know. Eddie was upset about it. But, yeah. But I knew what to do in this situation, and I'm not going to lie. So, so... So that was supposed to be Friday morning. Saturday morning, we're going down to Ford Field to do the, the high school state finals for both Ubley and Elmont. And Eddie was picking me up, right? So I, I know how to wag the dog. I knew Eddie was disappointed and bummed that I didn't show up the day before for the morning show. So we're sitting in my driveway, and I'm, I'm saying, hey, Eddie, do you have your pass? And he flips out. He's like, it's not in the console. It's not here. He's calling Angelita and saying, like, is it on my desk? Is it this and that? So we've got to pick up AWP in, at Scott's Quick Stop, you know, along the way. Eddie hasn't found his pass yet, so he's freaking out about this pass. Not a word about me missing the morning show the day before. So <laughs> What a dick. <laughs> I know the way the system works, you see. My friend's a dick in here. Here's why, why right? So, so finally we get to Scott's. He's like, I got to find this pass. And he's just, at this point, he's frothy. He's just irate. And uh, so, of course, he says, Phil, can you drive? I'm going to look through all my bags and stuff like that. So we drive. We get all, we're probably all the way to almost, well, almost Emily City. And he finally finds it in his thumb tailgater jacket. Oh, <laughs> Let's fucking go. And he's so excited that he found it. Oh, so you skated. <laughs> I did. Instead of having him be all pissed off at you and quiet the whole ride, yeah. you got him pissed off at somebody else. Way to deflect. Do you like the way that worked? That that worked out well. It, it really did. <laughs> God, what an asshole. <laughs> oh, boy. I knew our listeners would, and you would appreciate that story. So, speaking of morning shows, well, it wasn't really a morning show. It was a afternoon lunchtime show, but we, we did a, uh, a pilot today. Right. It was good. And uh, we had our test group, and uh, they seemed to think it was all right. I liked it. And... Uh, Although I couldn't believe that I I had brought the phone number up and then I closed that window and yeah. I couldn't remember it for the life I mean, of me. Shit, what the fuck is the phone number? Oh, I was so pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Uh, so I, I gave out my Google number just because I'm like, well, what the hell? And then I'm like, oh, that, there it is. <laughs> and it was a new computer, so I had to like re-log in because I didn't save my login. And uh, Well, it, it really after, I mean, today was, kind of, like you said, kind of the kind of the 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 jitter the bug uh yeah bug that's why I, that's why bug. i was like yeah i don't know really you know. everybody that was listening today had your number anyway so yeah your direct phone number yeah so it it wasn't it wasn't that bad but uh yeah i'm i'm kind of anxious to uh roll with that and i i think we might stick with the kind of the lunchtime no i think that's good i think that's good and i think that's great my uh my co-host who also happens to be my wife she uh, she wasn't sure about doing a morning show type format. Um, she kind of liked the the thought of an afternoon lunch. No, I I, I like it too because it fills a nice little gap there. Because well, honestly, be- between the morning shows are already over, 
somebody's looking for shit to do and you don't want to listen to the conventional radio because you're just going to hear the fucking news and it's depressing as shit anyway. Yeah. And you're going to hear it like three times between the end of the morning show. And, and you're going to hear it read in monotone and it's going to drive you crazy. If you're looking, if you're an insomniac, it might help you out, I suppose. But other than that, yeah. Well, so it's and, something good. Yeah, and you know we're trying to end before Swap Shop because I know... And I think that's important and I think that's awesome. I appreciate that you do that because then we all listen to Swap Shop, especially when Eddie's hosting because... It's fucking oh, gold, man. It, it, today was pretty hilarious. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, I, and I, of course, egg him on for that one, too. I like to push him a little bit. To, oh, you, well, you saw me doing that, too. But oh, yeah. <laughs> he, I, got, I was, he got put on hold twice today. Callers, callers, say, hold on a minute. And, and you could just tell that that first time he was pissed off, the second time he's like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> you know? He <laughs> And that's when in another chat, he's like, I almost went off like Donald Duck. I'm like, that's actually Donald Duck spazzing out. It's actually a great drop. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't pull it yet, but I, I have, I, uh, I have a good one that I found. That's awesome. So, but yeah, it was, uh, and then his comment, try the phone book. That was beautiful. <laughs> I'm looking for a plumber. Yeah. The guy's what a plumber, a what a plumber. Oh, a plumber. Try the phone book. Uh, I, I don't know why some people think they should call in to any kind well, of we, we had a rash there of people that were like, uh, we call in and one of them's like looking for a, a body shop. Like, I need some, I'm looking for somebody. No, I'm looking for somebody to do some body work. And like for a week or two, there are a couple people called in and asked that. They're like, you know, they have body shops all over the place. Yeah. Well, and the people that I find funny that call and repeatedly want the same things over and over you know like they're looking for something or yeah if you've had to call into swap shop for three months straight every day to so, try and sell this thing you have sell, it overpriced so, right or tiller guy tiller guys called in every well, yeah for a, a year now mm -hmm. and i have so here's what here's what my plan is and i've hashed this all out i'm going to we talked about it over the weekend uh i'm going to host swap shop someday soon <laughs> and when Tiller Guy calls in, I'm going to be perfectly nice to him. I'm going to be like, all right, Tiller Guy, here we go. I'm going to have three or four different sites where you can find these tines he's looking for. And I'm also going to have all of the drawings pulled for the tines from John Deere. Say, I'm an engineer. I can have a guy fab these up for you if you want to. <laughs> like, and just give him all these resources. And then when he doesn't call in anymore, Eddie's, Eddie's going to miss him. Right, and also, oh, I'm going to have all the history pulled up. Like, this Model 30 and 32, 31 and 33 Tiller you're looking for were made from John Deere between 1967 and 1983. Approximately so many of them were produced. And just have a whole big thing for them. There you go. <laughs> what do you think you'd do with all that? And the listeners would probably be like, what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Phil, Phil's broke the Matrix. <laughs> I think it's a good plan, don't you? It is. It is. It just it's like, you just blast this Tiller guy with all this information. You know, we could start a swap shop on the station and just call it shit you can find on the internet easier. <laughs> <laughs> where you can buy, sell, or trade just about anything, especially on the internet. I, I thought about we could do one where we just go on Facebook and, uh, you know, go on Facebook and read off the ads. Yeah, that'd be... <laughs> just read off the ads on Facebook, like... <laughs> don't don't lowball me. I know what I got. 1975 Chevrolet. Thank you. Yeah, don't don't lowball me. I know what I right. got. I know what I've got. Don't lowball me. <laughs> oh boy. 
So another gear grind. Another thing that frosts my cookies. All right, all right, go ahead. Is uh, why is it elder abuse having Cher and Dolly Parton at seventy-seven years old? It might be. <laughs> I mean, but what I was most depressed about is Dolly Parton at seventy-seven looked better in a mock Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit than I've ever looked in my life. That is true. That was very depressing. Having known you for more than half of your life, that is 100% true. Dolly Parton is 77, and that outfit looks better than I ever have at any point in my life. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's elder abuse. I mean, thank you. The show, the Dolly Parton show was way better than the, the drivel the Lions put out there for their halftime show. Well, yeah, I didn't even know what the hell that was. Jack Harlow, and he just, it was the worst, the weakest set design. And it was just him out there. It sounded like he was just talking into a mic. Yeah, it was, but it was lip synced. Right. It was just terribly, bad. terribly. I, too. I didn't know any of his stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know who he is. So it was just, why is it Detroit has to pull like the weakest halftime shows ever? We need a full on redemption next year. I'm talking to you, Eminem. Yeah. No shit. Come out and do some shit. Right. And we we know you love the city. We know you do that. And he, after this disgrace, and we know you saw it, and you think so too. I know you listen, Eminem. Just just do it. Just next year, do the show. I'd rather see Barry Sanders out there recreating highlights, right? And then I juked here, and then I dove here, and then I spun here, and I'd be like, that'd be more fascinating. It would be. It would be. Actually, what would be super fascinating was if they did a segment with Barry Sanders where they did his 25 best runs. It, and it doesn't have to be his 25 best, just 25 of his best. And then yeah. if he went through and just broke down everything that he remembers he saw and everything as he like spun and how what he felt, like that'd be a cool segment to do. It would be. Yeah. Hit us up. Yeah. Hit us up there. Uh, I just think Mr. that's Sanders. a great idea because you could get his perspective of it. And you know he's going to remember it because guys like that don't forget things like that when they're professional no. athletes. No. No, and you know, I, I haven't watched Bye Bye Barry yet, but I, I'm I'm anxious too. Yeah, I've heard it'll make you pretty pissed off at the Lions organization as a whole. Well, I, I saw an interview with more him than we already are years ago, and yeah, yeah, it, it the fact that they wouldn't put down decent turf for him. You you have the best running back there's ever been, right? They wouldn't. If you'd ever been on the Lions, had you ever been on? Yeah, I'd been on the turf. It, it was it was literally the carpet, the Astro turf you put on your back patio over cement. Yeah, and it was worse than that because it was literally sewn together in spots. Right. They would they, put, yeah, they'd cut out patches and put in and yeah, and and it was it was just terrible. And uh, we actually went down to the Silverdome and we took a wrestling mat down as a fundraiser for the wrestling team one year, and they had the. Um, North American championships there. So it kind of like a, it was an international competition, but so it was, uh, we took a mat down and we ran the mat for the day and they give you like 1600 bucks or whatever. Back when we did that, probably, I don't know, 2000. No, it was, it was well before that, like probably 95. It was a couple years after I graduated. And uh, we're walking around on that field before they put any mats down, and we're just kind of like, "Oh wow, we're we're here at the Silverdome. We're down on the field, and we're like, what a piece of shit, right? <laughs> you know, it was just terrible." And we actually 
you know, I kneeled down on it and I'm like pressing on it and there's no give to it whatsoever. Right. None. And you're just like, how in the hell do they play football on this? And it was different. So I have a piece of silver dome turf. Yeah. Um, when they tore it all down and all that, they were selling some off and I have a piece of that and I have a piece of the original Michigan turf, uh, from U of M stadium. So the, the turf at U of M stadium was like almost an inch thick. Yeah. And it was kind of like a Berber carpeting. There was some give to it. Like yeah. it wouldn't have been great to play on. Right. But there was some give to it and it, it had a, you know, a little bit of padding to it. Right. It's not like you're getting, yeah. The, the turf for the Silver Dome total was maybe a half inch thick, and it was just as much of a rock as cement would be. Oh, like I don't know how they rolled it. I I don't know how you would roll that. Could you imagine getting tackled onto that? Oh, over and over and over. And that's literally why he, you know, he you couldn't get footing on it anymore. And they knew right. they were going to be building Ford Field. Right. And so they're like, well, we don't want to replace the turf. And he's like, you have to replace it because it's. It, it's going to cripple me. Yeah. You know, I, I can't keep playing on this. And they're like, no, well, we, a couple more years. And so he retired. Wow. And part of it was the, they were finding, you know, all this stuff had come out about concussions about then. And that type of turf was directly related to most oh. of the concussions. So in the, the majority of concussions don't happen from the impact from player to player. They happen from the impact of, of helmet to turf to ground. And that's the one thing where the field turf that they have now is so far superior to, yeah. you know, that type of turf. Well, it's rubber and squishy and has give. Like, uh, you see the granules of rubber kick up. That's what they are. Whenever you see a player, like, running and you see, like, it looks like almost dust coming up off there. Those yeah, are actually little granules of rubber. Yeah. Little, little BB-sized pieces of old tires. Yep. And then they also have a layer of sand in there as well. And uh, so it's – they – it's fascinating when you watch them put it down because they take they roll out all the carpet and it pretty much lays flat the, the right. fibers in it, and they have they go along with a like a tractor and it it rolls out sand and it has like a brush on it that picks the fibers up and they just keep layering it that way and layering it that way until they stand up. Yeah, and uh, but it's you know when we've gone down and I mean I, I know you've been down there at Ford Field too. Yeah, but that's where they held the wrestling finals, and I was always amazed by it. You know, I yep. mean, you, you lay down on it; it feels like you're laying on a bed. But it, but yet you get good footing on it. Yeah, you get good good footing, good traction. Uh, I know that there was a lot of scuttlebutt this weekend about the MHSA finding if anybody dumped water on their head coaches or you know buckets of water on any, it was a big fine. And part of that is is because they have to keep that next third drive because I did the research on it; it'll mold up. Yep. So so they have to keep it dry, which is why. Uh, when you're in Ford Field for events like the state fi high school finals, it's very dry in there. They run dehumidifiers because any moisture in that next turf will mold up, and you don't want that problem. Right. No. So so it feels dry in there, and people all day were like, man, it's dry. I'm like, well, if you think about it, these these de dehumidification systems are made to have 80, 000, or 60,000 people in here. Right. And 60,000 people get off a lot of moisture. And when you have you know, 300 people in there for yeah. some of those games... Yeah, it's it, gonna uh, be dry as shit, and it was like yeah, everything, your lips and everything just dry out. And oh, and yeah, congrats to Ubley on a uh, oh hell yeah. I mean, I, I was really disappointed when they came out and got scored on right away. I was like, oh shit, you know. The well, first of all, they got stopped. Yeah, on fourth and goal from the like three yard line, they got it down yeah. to the one. It looked like Evan Prusky was in for the touchdown. They called it a touchdown initially. Then and replay they, showed yep. it wasn't. 
So then, um, oh, shit, I already forgot the name of the team they've play, played. Help me out. Shit. <laughs> That's bad. Why can't we, why can't either one of us think of it? It started with a C, didn't it? I was going to say an F. They were the Bobcats. I know that. Yeah, they were right down on the Ohio border. Yeah. Um, Probably because I just did that Kingsley game. The Kingsley-Elmont game was the last one I did. They have three names for the town. Yeah. This is pretty bad. I'm. Yeah, probably because they lost. So I mean, nobody wants to. Nobody remembers the losers, right? I'm trying to look here. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Ubley came down and it got stopped, and then the other team, the Bobcats, Bobcats versus Bearcats. The Bobcats came down and and scored, but that was their only score of the game. Final score: twenty-one to six. Oh, here we go. I can't believe neither one of us can remember that. It's been a long couple days. You have no idea. Here it is. Ottawa Lake Whiteford. Yes. Ottawa Lake, yes. Ottawa Lake Whiteford, who won last year's state championship. Um, game down, and it looked like it was going to be interesting, but Ubley just dominated that second half on both sides of the football. Well, Scored, and yeah. That that big guy they have, 67, I think is his number. Yeah. And... I don't remember his name, but man, he he's got to be playing somewhere in college because he is a he is he is a beast and he's good, right? I mean, they they were triple teaming him at some point. Yes, yes, they were. It, it was kind of funny because I had to play with it a little bit, yeah, to get the TV broadcast synced up with you guys, yeah, because I could not listen to the two guys doing. And oh my god, they, J, JB was just otherworldly energy wise. That guy, I could feel it radiating off he, him. He was. Uh, sometimes he gets going a little fast. I I heard that from a few people. <laughs> but, I tr I tried to be the yin to his yang. I don't yeah, know if you, you noticed you, that. You were you were, and uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that energy. But sometimes you can't catch all the words that he says in the time frame of which he says them. And there were he was so excited that there were a couple times when I'm I not even mentioned this Teddy and everything. I was slightly irritated because I either made a mistake, didn't call the correct player out initially or something. But of course he corrected me right away with the nope, you're wrong, it's so and so. And that's not the way to do that. The way is no. check that, it's so and so or no and or actually it was this person, not you're wrong. You don't say you're wrong. And quite honestly it's you don't ever hear that happen in a professional radio broadcast because it doesn't matter right <laughs> you know your your credit or not crediting a player makes no difference in anything and but you don't say you're as long as you get it right yeah. most of the time you don't say you're wrong no you don't call you, don't. you say actually it was or nope or, or you just say actually it was number so and so and then say their name and yep. whatever you don't yeah or or even like when mickey and i used to do it if one of us made a mistake We'd also say, you know, if it was on a tackle, because that's most of the time who right. you, who, when you would make the mistake is three guys get up off the pile, you choose the last one, and then, you know, oh, no, so-and-so was in on that tackle too. So <laughs> you know? the thing about it was, was, of course, JB knows every player on the roster's number. But right. He, well, have he's to probably look, related to most of them. He doesn't even have to look at their number. He knows who they are just by looking at their build and, and everything and where they play. And for me... I hadn't done an ugly game this whole season. Right. And I got asked to do play-by-play, -play, and I'm like, that's fine. 
So, so bully me if I don't know that it's, uh, you know, that's Candon uh, Peruski initially with the carry right off the get, or you know, or Evan. Well, I knew it was Evan Peruski because he was quarterback. He was keep it, but or the other kid, or the other kid. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, but he would know him initially, like right away. He's like, nope, you're wrong. It was so and so with the carry, and I'm like, well, they haven't gotten up from the pile yet. I would correct myself initially, you know. Right. Well, and and give you a second to do it. Right. Or like I say, you don't. I I did notice that too that there were. He was overly quick to correct you. Right. You know, didn't didn't give you any time to correct yourself, and it, it that part did sound a little awkward. It was awkward for me too. If you notice, I paused for a couple times. I'm like, all yeah. right, well, <laughs> you know. So you know, and. Because they, they have a Volmering, and then they had the, yeah. I, I did find it odd that with him knowing the team that well, because I, I, I saw the group text come through that he asked you if you could do play-by-play. Yeah. And I thought it was odd because I would have thought that you would be not calling Ubley a lot. You would have been better at color commentary. I and thought I, so, too. I honestly think that's more your strong suit anyways, but. I think so, too. You know. But I think all in all, probably one of the best games I've called all season as far as play-by-play of the six or seven I've done play-by-play this season. So, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it, I thought it sounded great. There were there were just those little things in there. Yeah. Like I say, I had to play with it a little bit to get... Yeah. Believe it or not, you guys were actually ahead of the... Really? The TV broadcast. So I, I had to, like, pause the TV broadcast, and yeah. I was counting, like, when the... When a handoff would happen, I, I would count, and then I'd start it back up, and I finally got it synced. So I was, I was pretty happy. So about the that. officials we had for the Ubley game, all in all, I thought were pretty good. I rate them a nine. That official crew about a nine out of ten. I thought they did a good job. I didn't see anything terrible. The Elmont game, though, the Elmont versus uh, versus uh, uh, Kingsford, I'd give those officials. And this is not talking shit, but about a six out of ten. They they fucked up a couple calls in that game. Yeah, you, you know. know it, there, you would think with them having replay, although I know they use it very sparingly at the finals, you would think that there would be more stuff that that uh, was a fumble at the end. Correct. That was a fumble at the end. That was clearly a fumble at the end when Elmont could have gotten the ball back only down by one score. There was still only a minute something on the clock, but right. But then Kings, Kingsley went in and scored and put it out of reach after that. You know. Yeah. It. it uh, you know. I mean. Very thankful for all those guys that are willing to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Officials get paid well. They do, and it's a tough job, and they're doing their best, so I'm not... But they even had a replay. They they gave them the out of the replay even to get it right, and that wasn't the officials on the field. It's independently someone else looking at it. Right, and it's still MHSAA officials, but from what I understand, like that are looking at it in the replay booth, it's not like the NFL guys. Yeah. They're very hard-pressed to overturn... Because they don't like want to, they don't want to. Much like JV calling me out instantly, they don't want to call out their fellow colleagues. They don't want to call out their fellow colleagues, and they don't want they because that's not available in the in the regular season. They don't want it to become a factor in the game. Right. So it was funny because they showed it on the field, and then they showed it on the big screen in the stadium like twice, and then they didn't again, and they just showed the you know welcome to the MHSAA finals and. Mm-hmm. Us up in the broadcast booth, we had a feed and a TV sitting from me to that microphone away, and we got to see the replay probably ten yeah. times because they replayed it over and over again on Bally. Yeah, well, and they—it's uh, kind of interesting because you get 
in up in the booth, you get a lot of feeds that you don't get. Yeah, you do. You, you do. You don't get on TV or anything else. So yep. it, it's pretty cool up there. I mean, it, it, it. the only thing that sucks is you're so far away. It, I didn't really actually. So this year we were very fortunate, and I don't know what happened, but we, I mean, even WLEW had to sit in the corner where we did last year to do the Ebley game. I literally were, my vantage point for both the Elmont game and the Ebley game was straddling the 50-yard line. Oh, yeah. Well, and see, I, could I, see, I could see plays unfold. I could see everything. I, that was the best vantage point I've ever watched a high school football game from. I don't understand with as big as the press box is. Because, you know, yeah. they have, like, the space for the writers up yeah. there, too. Yep. Um, where you can go out in, like, that little box, and there's all those seats with tables. I don't know why they don't let people set up in there, you know, set up for those spots. I know. Because... I thought it was really weird that you guys got asked to set, but I think that was part of, wasn't that the year that they did it in January because of COVID? No, that was, uh, that one they were in the corner for too, but for some reason last year we were for hmm. the LB game. And it wasn't, but LEW was right there this year too, but where we had, we had like, we got there and they're like, we got to squeeze a lot of people in here. So we, we got there for the LB game, the early game, there was one other broad, there were two other broadcast teams in the booth we were at because we were the lower tier. Then there's the upper tier behind us. One of them was stuck on sports, which why they got to go do the ugly game when they hadn't covered an ugly game all season. I have no fucking clue. And you know, I can't figure that out with the MHSA either. Right. That that to me is the biggest hypocritical thing because I, I've had them in the past give us, you know, when we first started and we were streaming, when we'd say, oh, "All right, we want to go to this semifinal game." Yeah. And. We would have to fight for it. Yeah. At for you know those first few years, we'd have to fight for it because they'd be like, "Well, you know, we got radio coming in, we got this coming in." And they're like, yeah, "But they haven't done anything, right? They haven't done any of these games, you know." And, and we've uh, been covering them all season. So, so we, our vantage point was right on the fifty, and we were up, but we were able to stretch out. I'm like, "Fuck it, we're going to stretch out. I'm going to give myself room. I'm going to give ourselves room." Yeah. So we gave ourselves rooms, and it's funny because I look over and on the placard right beside me, right at the fifty yard line. There's a placard that said Brad Holmes, general manager of the Detroit Lions. That was his spot where he got to watch the Thanksgiving Day ga game. And if you looked at the phone, it said his extension had rung through a couple times. It said Brad Holmes. Oh, and man. So here's what I did back behind us there. You know, during the game, during the Lions game, they had like a spread back there. You could see like they had placards where they had food and everything. Right. And they had a Keurig coffee maker and everything. And they had a, a one of those glass front fridges. And it had a bunch of like oat milk and coffee creamer and everything so i i took my sharpie and i wrote brad on one of the coffee creamers and put it back in there just hoping that somebody will grab that look at it and say oh shit it's brad holmes i'm not gonna touch that <laughs> oh and you know somebody did through that whole day right i bet you that thing is still sitting in there there's probably some uh some intern that ran it down to him <laughs> he's hey, like, this was up in the hey, thing brad, you left, you left he's like I, he's like oat milk i don't drink oat milk i don't drink that shit so that was my big I wrote Brad with a sharpie on one of the coffee creamers in the fucking fridge oh that's brilliant <laughs> uh, that's what happens when I get bored and I'm like yeah yeah you know so so we did the ugly game and of course congrats to ugly and that was awesome I even got a little emotional because I've never called that's my fourth time calling a state championship game I never got to call an actual win a that's my fifth sorry that was my fifth uh, and I never got to call a winner because before Deckerville, Deckerville lost, lost, uh, Elmont lost, Ubley lost. Right. And so I got emotional and I was great. And I'm like, you know, this is, 
this might be one of the last <laughs> state finals games I ever get to call in my life, potentially. You know, you got to live in the moment and everything. Oh, yeah. And they're winning. So anyway, we're sitting there doing lunch, which another. So they served us lunch. They always do. And they had this wonderful, like, chopped beef with, like, onions and peppers and everything. And they said it's Philly cheesesteak, right? And then they had cheese there, like cheese sauce you could put on it. Guess what they served it to us with, though, to put it in? Hot dog buns. Like, legit, terrible, white, stupid, cheap-ass hot dog buns. Like, this good, like, this beef was actually really good. Smoky flavor, tasted good. Probably one of the best-tasting things we've had in a meal that the MHSA served to us. Then they give us fucking hot dog buns to put it in. So, like... Accessories brought to you by Dollar Tree. Yeah, exactly. And then potato <laughs> chips. So, so I took like, and then this cheddar broccoli soup that like, the, so they gave a, a, like a little eight ounce cup of this cheddar broccoli soup, but it was dished out by an attendant and she would only fill them like half full. Yeah. Like, why did you only fill it like half full? Yeah. Do I look like a half full? Right. Like the soup wasn't bad. I ended up just stacking up a bunch of the beef on my plate and putting the cheese on top of it and potato chips. So then we settle in to watch the Ohio State-Michigan game between games. And, of course, JB is already gone. He was going to hang out with us the whole day, but he's like, I'm going back to Ubley to celebrate. So he left. And we're sitting there, and Eddie's like, I don't want to do the Elmont game. I'm like, well, you don't have to. I'll, I'll do the game if you don't want to. Because I'd planned on being the odd man out because Eddie, of course, bide by the rules, rah, 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 rah. So Eddie says he's going to. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like doing the game. So I, I'm like, I'll do the game then. You know, JTK, you can call play-by-play. I'll do color. And Eddie's like, I'll be there, but I'll just keep stats and throw a headset on. I'm like, well, you can provide color too. And so once again, I thought what was going to be my last game. And doing a game takes a lot of energy. Oh, yeah, it does. So, so I sat in for the Elmont game. And I'm producing too. And so, of course, we get <laughs> into this thing. And you can already guess what starts to happen. Eddie starts to take over more and more. Yep. More and more. Well, then my computer all of a sudden just crashes. I've never had to do that before. Like, all of a sudden it disconnected, and I'm like, fuck. And I couldn't, and then I pull up internet, because I was streaming on their press box, and it worked flawlessly during the line, or during the uh, ugly game. Same setup. We never even tore down between games. We were able to leave it all up, so nothing changed. And all of a sudden it just, I couldn't find, discover any. We were trying hot spots and everything, nothing. I shut my computer down. And then it gives the blue wheel of death forever, and then the screen just goes black. But the light says it's on, you know, the little power light. light. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fucking Eddie in the meantime is panicking. He's already got his computer up. I'm like, just switch to your computer, Eddie. No, no big deal. So, because of course they're both panicking, and I'm like, I'm too old to panic, and I'm too tired to panic here, <laughs> you know? And we were freaking out. And so we switched to Eddie's game. We lose maybe about six or seven minutes of actual time worth of game. And I finally get my computer restarted. But by this time now, Eddie's producing, and he's doing color more and more, and he's bringing us back every time. And I just sort of like, like the Homer of fading back into just the, gonna say the that. hedgerow, you know, of of the whatever. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard when you're just gonna sit there and be the producer, especially because he's used to having. He, I, I hate to say it, you put a headset on and put him in front of a mic. Yeah, he's used to dominating that. And I don't care either way, but it was nice just to get to do another state final game. It was nice just to get to do another state final game. So now I've got, what, seven under my belt now? 
So that's pretty fucking rad. But of course, now I'm, you know, now I'm one for seven because Elmont, I don't know, that performance was just terrible. Please and thank you. Like, I don't know, Elmont just didn't uncharacteristically, like, got the ball just rammed down their throats, too, by that Kingsley team. Like, they ran rough shot on it. It was kind of tough to watch. Um, but near the end there, with, with JTK doing play-by-play, and, of course, Eddie, I just started having fun with it. I'm like, you know what? Elmont's not going to win here. I'm not a big part of this broadcast. I might as well just just chill and be me, you know, start saying goofy shit. So that's what I basically did. You know, they've always had the rule about two people. Right. But if, if you tell them, well, we've got a producer and, and talent, they're letting you up. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they'd never refuse that to us before. I mean, and we always tried telling Eddie that, but he was always on a big drum. Nope, we got to follow the rules because we got to follow the rules and blah, 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 blah. We're not going to be that media entity. I'm like, and the whole time, too, we were all wearing our thumb tailgater shirts. He was still wearing his WTGV t-shirt. I'm like, we're separate entities, technically. I mean, he yeah. got he got in on his WTGV credentials, not thumb tailgater, because that's well, does who he, he has. Have- I think he just I, gets. They don't know. They will not offer they, multiple. Through, yeah, I was going to say they will not offer multiple through different uh, different media avenues. You have to pick one and go with it, basically. So technically, he was already there through satellite broadcasting anyway. Right. Which so. I was kind of shocked they didn't want to carry Ubly. Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, thank you. He said he tried to he he tried talking to Bob and and selling it, and Bob just didn't didn't hitch on and didn't sell it. So. Because we could have simulcast it perfectly easily, and he would have. Thing is, is it would have cost Bob nothing, and they could have had like their usuals that do every high school sports event that they have, right? That would have gladly paid to do it. Oh, one hundred percent. But I don't know if they have anybody out selling that stuff at all now. You know, graphs and all them would have hitched on and gladly. Graphs, the hospitals, yeah, Tri County. You know, I mean. All those places. Any place, any place up in Bad Axe or around that area? Any place? Yeah. Up, yeah. So they did uh, They did give the Huco Bruco a nice shout out on TV. Oh, did they? Awesome. Yeah. I had to turn the volume up for that because I'm like, oh, that's the Huco Bruco. That's cool. So the, the two guys announcing actually said that they were going to have to go up and try it. Hell yeah, they should. They, they said it, in talking to people in Ubley, they, they speak pretty highly of this place. So. Because it's awesome. Hell yeah, we love Hugo. We can't wait to get back there and see George and have him play us some more music. Heck yeah. So the one thing I thought was strange was they had, like, you know, they do a little spotlight on each team. They had a bunch of video and stuff from Whiteford, and they just had, like, still photos of Ubley. Really? Yeah, the, like, they're, they're like, nobody oh. Nobody took I'll, the time to go up there. And- yeah, nobody took the time to go up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, well. You know, but, and honestly, they probably didn't send anybody to Whiteford either, but they probably asked the school, hey, can you have somebody video this and send it to us? Right. And uh, apparently, you know, Ubley didn't do that. (laughs) They could have given us a call, I suppose. But anyway, yeah, so Ubley, and then Elmont, and it flip-flopped, because honestly, I thought it was going to go the other way. I thought Ubley was going to get beat again, and I thought Elmont was going to just stomp, but it went the other uh, opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a it's such a pressure filled stage. To and be I don't on. blame coaching for Elmont. Um, no, but early the players were a little. Kingsley was better prepared in the first half and made better adjustments than Elmont did, and that was the difference in the game because Elmont outplayed them in the second half. They actually showed the team that they were. 
they just had a few miscues and a few calls and bounces not go their way. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes in a game. But congratulations to Elmont and another great season. I can tell you one thing in my heart of hearts I know. Elmont will be back next year making a deep run into the playoffs. I don't project Ubley will. No, I think Ubley will still do okay locally. I think they'll make the playoffs, but it's going to be maybe first or second round. It's not going to be a semifinal or probably yeah. even a re- they won't win a region or anything like that or be in a regional final. But I mean, I don't know what they're losing. I know they're losing Sweeney, but they've got a, a – I mean – my guess is they might surprise me, prove me wrong, make it uh, win a region next year. You know, my, my guess is Becker is probably going to take over. Yeah, and when he was coaching before he had to stop for health problems, he was yeah. they were pretty solid yeah. at that point, too. I, I don't think they're going to be dog shit or anything, but they're not no. going to make it to a I don't think I don't project them making it to another state final. I, I could see them still going nine and oh in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, huh. I don't think anybody in in the Greater Thumb is going to beat them next year. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Although I, I don't know with the realignment what their schedule. Will yeah, look like. they might. They they may, it may or may not include Millington, which Millington's going to walk all over everybody for a little bit. Oh yeah, 100%. they'll come back to earth. Isn't it weird how teams do that in conferences too? Like they come from a conference where they were just were beating your ass consistently when they played crossover games, but then they end up in your conference and they seem to like. I don't know what happens that. Because they're not the first team to come in from the Tri Valley, right? You know, Carroll when, did. When Carroll came in, their football sucked. Yeah, their wrestling team was phenomenal. Um, they'd won state championships. They were they were, you know, just a powerhouse in D three. They come into the Greater Thumb Conference, and within a few, you know the first couple of years, they uh, well, the first year they came in the Greater Thumb Conference, they what they won it doing? barely, and then the second year, uh, they placed like third, and then. A couple of years after that, they were absolute bottom of the barrel. Just the dregs of it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really strange how that happens. And now, you know, Carroll's got a new coach in there. They've got a hell of a tradition in wrestling. They're going to be a powerhouse this year. Um, That's awesome. That's good. So, it, it's cyclical, I think. But I, I think you'll see Millington come in like a house of fire. They're going to, I mean, they're going to do pretty well in the West. You know, it, right. And, but again, I don't know how they're going to divvy up the Greater Thumb Conference. I I haven't they, really asked. I haven't looked at it. They they've got it all written down. But I have been it's been so busy to try to pay attention to. But anyway, so then after the game, we tear down and everything, and we all just want to go home because I'm exhausted at this point. Well, yeah. And of course, our, our our meal from the MHSA for the second time, which you have to get a meal ticket. No ticket, no meal. One ticket per person. Hmm. pizzas and I'm thinking to myself I'm seeing during the game because I'm starting to get hungry I'm seeing people eat these things and I look at the look at their face and it is the most depressing looks I've ever seen <laughs> especially from people. for pizza I mean for pizza most of the time people are kind of excited about so pizza. so we get <laughs> we get done and there's a stack of pizzas there and they're all cheese I find a pepperoni thankfully and I open it up and I look at it and this is the worst looking pizza I've ever had and seen in my life. Uh, it's just a little like ten inch personal pizza. I think it counted. I think I counted on a ten inch personal pizza. I think it had like seven pepperonis on it. It was cut into could, four pieces. I tasted it, and this thing is just dog shit. Like could they couldn't even imagine, serve us Little Caesars. Could you imagine if they? Well, I'm sure they have like a food service thing that services. Right. Yeah, but could you imagine if they served that to NFL people? It would not or, go over or well. even people at the Michigan State game. They're probably like. 
All right, open those cans of Alpo and make some shit out of it. Well, I'm pretty confident the MHSA is like, what are, okay, because they have the catering services that do it all for them up there. And like, when we walk in the press, not the press, but the uh, MHSA people have their breakfast when we walk in. Have you ever noticed that when you get there? Yeah. It smells phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. And then you get our food for the press people, and it's just like, because that is actually a very big cliche that press people, if it's free, they don't give a fuck. They'll eat anything because they're notoriously cheap people. You know, because they don't make any money. I mean, (laughs) press people don't make any fucking money. So this pizza was just god-awful. If they serve the thing, but I bet you the MHSA is like, what are the cheapest things you could possibly make us, like, that you would never, generally never serve because nobody wants them? And they're like, make that for them. So when, uh, for wrestling, when we go down, you know, Mary always gets a, well, she used to always get a press pass for uh, going down and taking pictures at the wrestling state finals. And, you know, of course, I had my coach's pass. Well, I was going to the coach's hospitality room, and it was fantastic. I mean. Right. But it's, like, right down in the line, you know, kind of, like, in the locker room areas. And yeah. There, there's, like, a, well, it it's a basically a bar down there for yeah season ticket holders and stuff. And that's where they had everything for the coaches. I well, know what you're talking about, yeah. Then there's this little room off to the side. Well, you know where you take the elevator down to go down to the field? That, yep. That's where it comes out at is right by there. Then there's this little room off to the side, and she's like, well, that, that's where the press goes. I'm like, I'll go in there with you, see what they got, and uh, walk in there. I'm like, yeah, just come with me. Yeah. She's like, well, I, I don't have – I'm like, they aren't going to notice. Our passes look too similar. Right. <laughs> they aren't going to give a shit. I said, your pass actually looks nicer than mine. Right. So, Because mine just says coach on it with my name real small underneath it. Yeah. On a bright yellow cardboard pass. And – uh Hers is like actually a really nice. You're like, I get you in, yeah, laminated yeah. and everything, yeah. And uh, they didn't question it. We we went in there, and she's just like, oh, this is actually really good. Food. I'm like, yeah, this that's is why good. I this said, is nice stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they they had like uh, they had pulled pork uh, yeah. sandwiches. They had you know, they had quite a spread. I mean, there were there were four or five main things you could choose from, and then a bunch of sides. And. <laughs> and uh, but years ago, if I remember, when JJ ran things, like the the meals up in the press row wouldn't be too terrible, honestly. So the one thing I do know is that, so they talked about moving wrestling to, uh, from Ford Field because Ford Field is not an ideal place for the wrestling tournament. Right, it's just too big. So they talked about moving it to LCA because it used to be awesome at the Palace. Right, LCA wants for for the for the tournament. They wanted two hundred thousand dollars a day, and they still sell. They they get a part of the gate. Oh my! And they get, uh, they get, like all the food sales and all that. <sighs> the Ford Field charges them two hundred thousand dollars for both days, for wrestling. And I'm sure it's the same for football. Yeah. Um. So. LCA would, you know, it'd have to be a three-day tournament at LCA because they couldn't put as many mats down. Yeah, it's not as big a floor space. So, you know, you're you're talking a three-day tournament, 600 grand, they'd never make it. They can't afford that, yeah. and I I mean, they can afford it, but they wouldn't pay it, sorry. I'm surprised that even at 200 grand, they make, you know, where they make their money is on the sponsorships. Yep. But, uh, But I'm sure that they're cutting back everything they can because... It may be more expensive than that now. I mean, it, it yeah. was a few years ago that there was talk about moving everything to LCA when it opened up. 
and they're just like, we can't, you know. Well, that's purely it, and like, but you have legends there in the press, like Mick McCabe and people like that, and they don't. I know we're low people, and and you see all the high school, like the the dorks running around from high school that are just in their you know audio visual club doing, that have credentials because they are tied on through something. Like sure, they don't like they don't they think this dog shit crap food is like great, you know. Plus you get all the pop and all the popcorn you could want all day long for free. And I'm like, I don't drink pop, and I really don't care for popcorn. Like, give me about three handfuls of popcorn, and I'm good for you know. Yeah. Well, especially if it's not great popcorn. Yeah, and I don't. So to say, I yeah, say I don't like popcorn is probably a stretch. I just I don't like large quantities of it. Like like I said, a couple of handfuls, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. All right, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's uh, it's just a vehicle to put butter and salt in your mouth. I wonder if for football, if they have, you know, a, a coach's area, players couldn't go in there. Like the wrestlers couldn't go in, and I'm sure players can't go in, but they. They had a nice area for wrestling coaches, but you're there, you know, football, you play your game, you're out of well, there. And they they get you out. Like, they usher you in and out. They have yeah. to. Which, or, by uh, the way, that second game, that fucking, uh, I forget who it was, the Division 6 or Division 4 game, I believe it was, that game took forever. Did yeah. I, that was the longest high school football game I've ever witnessed in my life that didn't go into overtime. So that was the Harper Woods Versus Grand Rapids South Christian. That game, they kicked off. High school football game kicked off seven minutes after one o'clock. They finished that game, no overtime, finished that game at 4.30. Yeah. Or, well, no, yeah, because Elmont was supposed to start at four, right? Elmont was supposed to start at 4.30. 4.30. Yep. But then they got to give them time to get, get on the field, right. warm up, do all that stuff. They, th- that game finished, uh, so it kicked off at 107, it finished at 4.23. Jeez, oh, Pete. I've never seen a longer high school football game in my life. No. Well, except for when there's, uh, when it's eight player and homecoming. Right. <laughs> but this was nothing special. 15 minute halftime with the three minutes tacked on for them to stretch. 12 minute quarters. They just, they, they scored a lot of points and they also just threw the ball a lot, you know? They just threw the ball a lot, lots of incompletions because both teams, I think, threw the ball probably 30 times each. With only connecting on about 12 to 15 passes, you know? Quick question before we get out of here. Do they play the national anthem before every game? Every game. I was thinking that they probably did. They do. One of the bands gets elected. I believe the home team band gets to play the, the national anthem. Uh, yes, they did, because I, I was there for three starts of games and stood up for all three of them, yes. Now, I thought I heard on one game that they actually had both teams' bands on the field. So... When we did the, the Ubly game, JB was saying, no, the Ubly, Ubly band's down there, too. I'm like, they were not. They were not. It was the the Whiteford band down there, and that was it. So Interesting. It was great. It was, it was uh, I mean, it's an experience. Being in Ford Field at that level, though, um, I forget because, like, God bless him, JTK was down there with us, and this is his first year of getting down there to do that, and you could just see it on his face, like, Especially when we walked them down through the tunnel onto the field. And, oh, yeah. And everything else. And I still try to take it all in and appreciate it because I, I truly do. But as far as being up there on press row, this is my sixth or seventh season of doing it, you know? So, yeah, I don't I couldn't tell you how many games I did. I mean, uh, that were state championship games. I mean, I got to call Harbor Beach's state championship. Yeah. Um, when they won it, and it's I got still to call cool. one of theirs when they, when they yeah. were runner up. Yeah. 
Um, it's still cool to have that kind of access and get oh, to run yeah. around there like that, though. But but if you think that it's glamorous, press row and the press you think, no, dear God, we're, no. you're way up there. You're you're level with the rafters of the building. Yeah, and it, you wonder why when you see like pictures on TV when you when you see like the Lions play callers, they got guys all around them binoculars. It's because you can't see who's got the ball. You can't right? see anything. And they, it's kind of funny because if you watch, they they have all these videos of like. Uh, the Lions play-by-play guys when the Lions score, like their reaction videos, and they, they get pretty pumped up. I mean, yeah. when you call every game for a pro team like that, you'd have to become so attached to it. Oh, it's yeah. funny. Um, I mean, you know you know how it is when you call like three or four high school teams. Oh, games. yeah, if you get them through the run through their playoffs, yeah. And uh, But there's like, there's a guy sitting there and he's got a sticky note. He's got binoculars. He writes it down on a sticky note. He holds it up in front of them. They look at it. You know, it... Yeah. It's it's about as bare bones, you know. Here you picture like when you the Monday night football guys, they got monitors everywhere in front of them, and you have a few monitors up there, but it really just boils down to having people there that know to get you the information that you need. So I'm not gonna lie to you, and here's one of the things. Like I noticed some of the, the people calling games would watch the big screen because they show the action on the big screen. Yeah. Live. I can't do that. I, no. I watch the actual football itself 100% of the time when I'm calling a game. If you're watching the big screen, you're not going to see you know, yeah. the great block that somebody made. You're not going to see... What's you know, going on on the backside or what's going on here or there or the official that threw the flag 20, play, 20 yards off the plate. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to miss a lot of stuff. All right. Well, hey, what do you say we get out of here? We're, we're an hour in on this. All one. right. Sorry for this. This wasn't really a sports podcast. We kind of, we tried no, to, it, was, it was kind of a pull back the curtains on the experience at Ford Field, right? Exactly. Exactly. Which I hope people appreciate because I certainly appreciate the experience and I'm thankful for it. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm supremely thankful for it. I've got to do seven state final games now. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is. That is. I, I think so, too. That is pretty cool. Or six. Sorry. Six. How come we never get to do basketball games around here? I don't. We can do oh, basketball. If you, uh, no, well, not state championship. Well, nobody's going to win a state championship from around here. Yeah. No, no. Uh, too white. Very, <laughs> very. Our kids farm. Yeah, they farm. I mean, that's what I always say. That, But honestly, and I know it's it's pragmatic and it's the wrong attitude, but I'm like, why cover basketball around here anyway? The furthest anybody's ever going to go is what? Win a district title, maybe a regional title? You could actually do a better service by covering one game a week. Like, go and do the Friday night games when it's a boys and girls game, varsity. Yeah. Cover them both. Because, I mean, let's face it, a basketball game setting up for it can be a little over an hour. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've literally set up in Emily City for a basketball game where I drove an hour, got to drive an hour back, and I've been set up for a little over an hour. Yeah, high school basketball games sometimes only take an hour. Oh, yeah. if the ball doesn't go out of bounds a bunch and nobody, you know, if it's a blowout and nobody's like stopping the clock every 30 seconds. Yeah. Then, yeah, they, they go by really fast. But yeah, you know, cover those and then do a once a week show where you talk about the standings, you, you t- interview coaches and stuff. I, I think that that would be a much better format. We might have to go ahead and do that. But at any rate, we'll talk more tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. I had to get a drop in. Yeah, I don't know. There's been very few. And sorry if this was... Mm. Hopefully it was entertaining. It wasn't, like, humorous in some some spots, but... Yeah. I don't know. I never know. I'm just numb to it all. Oh. Well, almost 450 episodes. I don't, I don't recognize 430 of them, though. 
because they weren't good. I've made less pennies from the podcast than we've we've actually have episodes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that can confirm. <laughs> All right, he's Adam Philkins. I'm Phil Nickel. Thank you as always for listening to the PNA Podcast Express. This is a Tuesday edition. We'll be back on Wednesday. Oh, Facebook. We've got to start pushing our Facebook web. We do. So we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But anyway, if you know someone that listens to the show that hasn't been to our Facebook page, please get there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We need it. This latest crusade, we truly need it. Or else uh, we might not be able to bring you this podcast for much longer. Yeah, get out there and like it. Oh, I'll start that again. There you go. So like it. Love it. Pass it on. Share it. Sharing is caring. I mean, or share it with people you don't give a shit about. You know, yeah, if you don't like us, don't like them back, you know? But tell them to like our, our page, please. Anyway, once again, Adam Philkins, Phil Nickel, bringing you with the PA Podcast Express from all of us here at the podcast. Make good choices. 